God says he loves us, and the Bible says he takes care of all of our needs. Have you seen God provide for you in your life the things that you need? Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going through his series called Close Encounters with Jesus. So, get ready to follow along in your Bible as we join Pastor Mike. Again, looking at how God heals. And I think it's really important. I think a lot of times we have a preconceived idea of what God will do. And I think if we're not flexible in letting God work in our lives the way He wants to, we'll either be disappointed or feel that God did not answer our prayer at all. And both of them are not true. God does answer prayers, and He answers them according to to his schedule. Let's pray. Father, as we go to your word today, we just ask you now that your Holy Spirit would come in a special way and reveal to us, Lord, it is your purpose, your time, and we are your children. And so we ask you now that your Holy Spirit would speak to us, re-fire that love that we have for you back into our hearts again. In Jesus' name, amen. Now we find in Mark chapter 8, this is where Jesus, one of the places where Jesus fed the multitudes with the loaves and the fishes. And I always think this is an interesting story because, again, it's those that are always close to the Lord recognize the miracles of God. I've been in crowds of 4,000 people, 5,000 people uh, at games and uh, different events. And without even a PA system, and even with a PA system, most people don't know what's going on. Well, here in this particular case, there were uh, 4,000 men. We don't know how many women and children. Jesus fed the multitudes. Now, we remember they had uh, just a couple loaves and a couple fishes. They said, Lord, what is this amongst so many? Well, again, you add God into any situation, there's always going to be enough. Now, always remember this. This was a problem. The problem was it was getting late in the day, and Jesus wanted to give them something to eat. It was getting late. They would faint in the way. There wasn't the local, you know, jack-in-the-boxes or whatever they could just go, you know, whip it up in their little, I don't know if they had little ride-along donkey things or, you know, speak of the little donkey in the box or whatever. But anyway, they didn't have that. And so Jesus wanted, the disciples wanted to send them away, and Jesus said, you give them something to eat. And so when they found this little boy that had a couple loaves and fishes, he multiplied it. He blessed it, broke it, and fed the multitude. Now, again, I think this is really important. The crowd probably didn't know that Jesus didn't have a cave of food someplace and would continue to send the disciples over to get more food. 
But the disciples knew something really fishy was going on with the loaves and fishes because it just kept coming, just kept coming. How does this work? I don't know, but it is one of the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of miracles. And one of the things you'll remember here is that those that are close to Jesus see the miracles. Those that are around Jesus experience the miracle. And so this morning, I just want to encourage you, let God use you. And again, as you draw close to God, you will see the miracles of God. Well, in verse 11, it says that, uh, and by the way, Jesus gets in a boat and he travels to another region. And the Pharisees came out and they demanded to see a miracle. Now, I always, a little, all the miracles that Jesus did, and yet they thought Jesus would do miracles on demand for them. And Jesus basically shaking his head, gets in the boat and says, no miracle will be done here. You know, I think it's funny that a lot of times people make demands on God. God, you're my God in the box. Ding, 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 pop goes God. You know, that's what they kind of think that God's going to do. You're my puppet, God. You're going to do what I want you to do. You're my heavenly Santa Claus. And so therefore, when I have a need, you're going to meet it on my schedule. God never does that that way. Always remember this. The needs that we have in our lives bring us to Christ. That's always the way it is. And I believe this is why as children of God, we have trials in our life. Not because God is punishing us, but because God wants us to come to him. I think sometimes it's kind of interesting that we find in our lives that we feel that God doesn't love us because we do have a trial. It's just the opposite. God loves us, and he wants to spend time with us, reveal to us his power, his dynamic, his way of doing things, so the trial is not to show us that God doesn't love us, but just the opposite, that we would come to him. Well, Jesus gets in the boat, and we find that as they get into the boat, verse 14, now they had forgotten the disciples to take bread, and they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. So Jesus has the disciples, they're in the boat, and the disciples go, oh no, we forgot to bring lunch. This is a real problem. Well, then Jesus charged them, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. So they reasoned among themselves saying, it is because we have no bread. Jesus is kind of, you know, digging us a little bit here. No, that's not what Jesus was doing. Jesus simply made a statement based upon the Pharisees' remark, do a miracle for us. Well, Jesus didn't operate to their schedule. And so Jesus said, take heed of the leaven of the Pharisees. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. And uh, though you might put just a little bit in, it will have its effect everywhere. And this is why Jesus warned about the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Now they had a guilty conscience. They forgot to bring bread and thought Jesus was chewing them out for it. Remember this, God doesn't do that. In fact, Jesus goes on and he says, and Jesus being aware of it, and by the way, Jesus is always aware of everything we do. Nothing hits God by surprise. Why do you reason among yourselves because you have no bread? Uh Uh-oh, busted. (laughs) They figured out. Jesus knows uh, he's going to get hungry here and we don't have anything. Now, look what Jesus says here. He says, why do you reason among yourselves because you have no bread? 
Do you not yet perceive nor understand in your heart? Is it your heart still hardened? Having eyes you don't see, having ears you don't hear, and do not remember? When I broke the five loaves and the, for the 5,000, and how many baskets of full of fragments did you take up? And they said to him, 12. And he said, when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said, seven. And so he said to them, how is it that you do not understand? I'm going to take care of you is what Jesus is saying. Now, I like this. Jesus takes care of us in spite of our forgetfulness. I like that. Always remember, God is bigger than the things that you've done wrong. If he's not, we don't have much of a God to brag about, do we? In other words, anybody can come along and do something, but we have a God that's bigger than anything that we've ever done, even forgetting the loaves and the fishes even forgetting the miracles that they saw Jesus do, the reasoning among themselves, we don't have any bread, we don't, you know, Jesus is mad at us. And Jesus said, don't you get it yet? You have eyes you don't see, you have ears you don't hear, that God's going to take care of you? Do you know why God takes care of us? Anybody knows? Because he loves us. I like that. It's God's good pleasure to take care of you. Why is that? Because it demonstrates to us God's care. Anybody can say they love you, but if they never do anything, they really don't. But God says he loves us, and the Bible says he takes care of all of our needs. Have you seen God provide for you in your life the things that you need? Sure. Those times that God got you through an immeasurable pinch in your life. God, I don't know how this is ever going to work out. Please help me. Please help me. Please help me. Whammo, God makes your need. And it's funny that we'll remember that until our next trial. And then sometimes we forget how God has been faithful in the past. God, how are you ever going to get me through this next trial? God says, well, I allowed that trial so you would come to me so we could spend time together. Let's go to the next story. Verse 22. Then he came to Bethesda. And by the way, this is one of the towns that you'll find in uh, Luke 10, 13, where Jesus literally chews out Bethesda and said, if the miracles that were done in you, Bethesda and Chorazin, have they been done in, in these cities like the Gentiles, like Tyre and Sidon, the whole city would have repented. But these people were pretty hard-hearted. But interesting, he came to Bethesda and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. There's a couple things really unique in this story. And I think this is one of the things that really moves the heart of God. First of all, we find a blind man. And they took the blind man to the one they knew who could heal him. I like that. The second thing is they came to Jesus not for themselves, but they came on behalf of somebody else. Now, I like that. You know, it's one thing when your kids come up to you and say, Daddy, give me an ice cream cone. What do you say? You know, we got all the little things we do, you know. You guys say, please, you know, all that kind of thing. 
But you know what really moves the heart of a parent? Is when the kid comes and asks for an ice cream cone for their sister or for their brother. Because that tells me that the focus is not on themselves, but on others. Notice it says here, they came, brought this blind man to Jesus and begged him to touch him. They were doing what? What do we call this? This is called intercession. Intercession. I do believe God has called every one of us to be intercessors. We're the go-between between the blind and Jesus. And you'll always find in your life, God will put you in a situation to be that mediator, to be the one that goes between the lost and those who are seeking for God. God uses you and me in this way. This is one of the reasons why we're not immediately raptured or transported. You know, like, I always thought that thing on Star Trek was always kind of cool. You know, you know you'd, you'd see Star Trek and... You know, there's a lot of things that bother me about Star Trek now that I think about it. You know, especially Star Trek 2, you know, with, um, you know, they hadn't found a cure for baldness, you know, some, you know, 3,000 years, you know, into the future. And and here the captain is still bald as a bowling ball. And I, I think about that and I go, that's not very good. But the thing I always thought was neat was they had that thing and they stand on that pad and and they just kind of fade out and then they appear someplace else. I always thought that would be really cool, especially when the traffic is bad. I just thought that would be a neat thing. Well, here we find that he reached out to them. And again, as Jesus saw their heart, And again, I think a lot of times we always think, well, it would just be easier to just transport somebody when we're born again. God leaves us here on this earth for a reason. That's to be intercessors. You say, God, why do I have to go through this zoo we call living? It's because we're intercessors. We're still in a lost world where God has placed the ministry to this world via his Holy Spirit through you and me. I think that's pretty important. I need to be about my daddy's business. And Jesus, again, uh, if you go back to the uh, verse 2 of this chapter, I have compassion on the multitude. I believe we need to have compassion on the multitudes as well. So they bring this blind guy to Jesus, and they begged him to touch him. Now, I think that's important because they had figured out in their minds how God was going to heal him. Maybe this was based a little a bit upon the woman that had an issue of blood, and she said, oh, if I could only touch the hem of his garment, I'd be healed. Maybe that was a little bit where they got the idea. But I think a lot of times we come to God with a preconceived idea how he's going to do something. If Jesus, if you'll just touch him, he'll be healed. Well, Jesus has always got a different way of doing things than we do. Why is that? I like to put God in a box. You know, I got my little box. I'm going to put God in it. And then that way he's real handy. You know what I mean? Well, the thing is, God goes beyond our ways of thinking. And because he goes beyond our ways of thinking, sometimes we don't think God immediately answers our prayer because we come to God with a preconceived idea that if you just touch him, he'll be healed. God says, I got a whole different way of doing this. And what was that? So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of town. Now, this is interesting to me. He led him out of town, away from the crowds. 
Jesus was not putting on a show when he did miracles. And friends, that's why a lot of times when you'll read, as we'll read here in a few more verses, Jesus said, tell no one about what you've just seen or done. Why is that? Because Jesus is not a showman. He ministers to individuals personally. I like that. So notice it says he took him out of town, led him by the hand, and when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. And the blind man looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. And then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up, and he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Wow, this is kind of an unusual story in the Bible. This kind of falls into the category of kind of the story that we had last week where we remember this man was in charge of the master's goods and he had wasted him, he had been embezzling. And so when the master said, I'm going to call you, my accountant, into accountability, the man quickly got a hold of all of his master's creditors and cut everybody's debt in two. And the Bible says the master commended him on his shrewdness. Not condemned him, but commended him. Why? He used his position while he had it to further his purpose. Again, always remember this. We are, we're in positions right now. We may not always be in the positions we're in or the influence that we have or the friends we have or we ourselves may not be here. Use the position God has for you now. You may not always be in that place. Well, that's kind of an unusual thing because people say, well, how could God commend a person for really literally stealing, cutting his master's debts in two rather than condemning him? Because he recognized he used his position wisely. That's one of those unusual places in the Bible. Here is another one. This is the only place in Jesus' ministry where Jesus' touch was not a complete healing. I think that's important. Because we always have the idea that Jesus, when he does a miracle, it's going to be immediate. Here you find something. It says the first touch of Jesus was that he saw men as trees walking. He saw the image of somebody. He could detect their motion, but they were fuzzy. In fact, some of the original language in the Greek seems to indicate it was like in a cloud, in a fog. Now, a couple of things we find here. He took the man by the hand and led him out of town. And when he had spit on his eyes, that is weird. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's weird. In my book... That's weird. But who's to say what is weird when it comes to God? Do you know, again, we like to put God in a box. We remember one place they brought a blind man to Jesus, and we remember Jesus spit on the ground, made clay, put it on the guy's eyes, told him to go wash in the pool of Siloam, and when he did, his sight was restored. Here, we find Jesus spit on his eyes. Another place, we know that Jesus just spoke, and the guy's eyes came out. How is that? Because God does not and cannot be put in a box. Why is that? Because God's ways are not our ways. And God shows us and demonstrates that I can do anything in any way I need to get it done. Because that is the way God works. Now, friends, always remember that. Because when we pray, sometimes, or whatever your need may be, 
Maybe you're blind in a certain area of your life. Maybe there's something that you're not seeing clearly. And the thing is, God, we, ha- we say, okay, God, now I just want this to, to, to figure it all out. And this is how you're going to do it. And God says, I don't have to do it like that. I'll do it like this. That just blows us away. How God's abilities to go beyond my understanding of things to get the job done. Why does God do that? Well, I believe a couple of reasons. One, to get the maximum benefit of the miracle of God. Remember, every day, every one of us, if you're a born-again Christian, you are not only a candidate, but you are a recipient of God's miraculous power. You need that in your life. You'll find that things will go along for a long time in your life, the same, the same, the same. And then one day, an unction in your heart, you'll call or you'll do something and your whole world will change. Your whole purpose of life will change because you are obedient to the call of God. See, a lot of times we want to put God in a box. We want to say, well, God, if you're going to change something in my life, I'm just going to lay here, eat my Doritos, watch TV and have the phone ring if anybody's interested. But you know, when we get up, the Bible says, ask, seek, and knock. We begin to put feet to our faith. We begin to step out and see what God's going to do. We bring the blind man to Jesus. Jesus will heal him. Jesus will heal us in the process. Always remember what God will do for others and the impact that God made on others will also do something for you. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.